Okay. Masechtas Rosh Hashanah. We are beginning the very first Mishnah in the first parak. Okay. Arba, Arba Rosh Hashanah. There are four Rosh Hashanahs. You only know one. We know one. We haven't shul in about a month, Mitzvah but um, there are actually four Rosh Hashanahs. So first of all, Be'echad B'Nisim, the first day of Nisim, is Rosh Hashanah L'Malachim. It's considered Rosh Hashanah as far as kings are concerned. This is important because when it comes to signing documents, the, today they, they sign a document. You could write, if you wish, Dalit El, um, Tav Shin Pei, if you wish to write that in Israel. It's actually a proper way to sign a check. You could also write it's August 24th, 2020. You could do that as well. But in, in, uh, in those days, they used to sign uh, checks or storos, any document based on the, the king's rule. So well, the king's rule was considered to have changed on Rosh Chodesh Nisan. So let's say the king became, went into power on the first day of Ador. And he's only in power for a month. Now, Rosh Chodesh Nisan comes around. He's considered, this is called the second year of his kingdom. So this is important, okay? So Rosh Chodesh, um, the first day of Rosh Hashanah is considered to be the change of kings. This is what we're talking about, um, kings of Jewish kings, not non-Jewish kings, okay? So Jewish kings change on the first of Nisan. Uli and as far as the holidays are concerned. What does it mean as far as the holidays are concerned? Meaning the first Yom Tov is Pesach. The second is Shavuos, and the third one is Sukkot. This has to do with a person makes a nether. He promises a certain amount of money to tzedakah. So you need to go through the cycle. That's a, fis- a fiscal year is Pesach, is, is, is Nisan, it starts the new year on Nisan. Yes, in that sense. That, that um, let's see a person in the middle of the winter um, makes a uh, makes a nether. He's going to give money to tzedakah. So you have to maintain your nether. So that's no problem. You have until the end of Shavuos to fulfill your nether. If a person makes it a day before Pesach, there's a very short amount uh, of Pesach. is a short amount of time to fulfill his nether. What happens if a person makes a nether right after Pesach? So then you have a lot more time because you have to have Pesach, Shavuos, and Sukkot in order. So you have almost two years to fulfill your nether. So that's what that is. Okay. Um, now, that's Rosh Chodesh, that's Nisan. Okay? Um, now, Be'echad um, Be'elul. The first day of Elul is Rosh Hashanah Lemaiser Behema. Maiser Behema is this. There is a responsibility to take off, to tithe the animals. Um, and and um, the, the tithing of the animals, you're only allowed to tithe animals that are born within that year. What is that year? From the first develop to the next develop. If you have an animal which was born after the first develop, it is eligible to be tithed to the animals that were born in that year up until the next year first develop. But you can't include the animals that were born after the first develop together with the animals that were born before the first of El. So that's what this halacha is. Um, but Rabbi Lezer and Rabbi Shimon disagree and they say 
Actually, the fiscal year, as far as Meiser Behem is concerned, is starts from um, the first of El, the first of of, uh, of Tishrei, which is our Rosh Hashanah. Right. Okay. The first day of Tishrei is Rosh Hashanah Lashanim. We changed the year. This year Tishrei is going to instead of being Tavshin Bay, we're going to call it Tavshin Pei Aleph, a brand new year with all the mazel that's going to come from Mitzvah Hashem in this wonderful new year. But also Lashmitim, as we know that Klai Yisrael, Eretz Yisrael is on an agricultural cycle. Jews in Eretz Yisrael have an agricultural cycle for seven years. Every seventh year is Shemitah. Shemitah begins on Rosh Hashanah and ends just before the onset of the next, of the following Rosh Hashanah. So it's one year. Uli Yovlos. What is Yovel? Yovel is, yes, exactly, Tati. Every seven cycles of Shemitah the year following is called Yovel. And again, Yovel begins on the first year, day of Rosh Hashanah, and it ends just before the next day of Rosh Hashanah. Shemitah, as we know, you're not allowed to plant and really not allowed to work the fields on Shemitah. Yovel is pretty much the same as Shemitah. There's some added things that happen on Yovel in terms of, of uh, servants going free and land being restored. That's right. Yeah, and land being restored to the owner. Um, well, there's forgiveness of debts on Shemitah also. Um, really, forgiveness of debts, it's, you can't claim the debts any longer. Um, but they're not forgiven, forgiven. Um, but, uh, but if a person buys land in Eretz Yisrael, the land goes back to the, to the seller, the oval time. There are limited exceptions, but generally speaking, the land goes back to the seller every Yovel. So, um, let, this way, we maintain the integrity of the division of lands among the different tribes, among the different shvatim. So let's see you have the, the shevet of Ruvain. Ruvain, a fellow from Ruvain buys land within the shevet of Shimon. Now, what he essentially did was he added on to the portion of Ruvain, but he didn't really, because the sale is more like a lease. That Yovel time, it goes back to the Shimon owner, and it's it's uh, it's not really going to be his forever. So whenever you buy something, you have to take into consideration the amount of years that you're actually going to maintain ownership over it. That's called Shemitah and Yovel. Now, Nilatia. Nilatia is this. There's such a lacha called Orla. Orla is, which I happen to be very excited about, I'll tell you why in a minute. Orla is, um, yes, for the first three years after you plant a fruit-bearing tree, whether it be in Eretz Yisrael or it be in Chutzlaretz, the first three years are forbidden, okay? Um, forbidden according to the Torah, according to most opinions, forbidden according to the Torah. So um, that is called... Orla. Now, after you, have, you have a mango tree that you planted like three years ago, and that's why you're excited? Yes. I'm excited. I'll tell you why. Because I used a loophole. I planted two trees. One is a kumquat tree. Okay. And the other one is a grumachama tree. You never heard of grumachama. For sure. Um, I've never heard of it either. But I figured it'd be pretty cool to plant it. And they're both still growing, Baruch Hashem. Um, if you plant... 45 days 
before Rosh Hashanah, it's considered to be an entire year. So I planted um, 46 days before Rosh Hashanah, two Rosh Hashanahs ago. So those 46 days were um, one That's year. Awesome. Right. Last year was the second year. And this coming Rosh Hashanah will end my third year. Now, I still can't eat the produce because um, I have to wait until Tu Bishmat. And uh, it's a big discussion in the, in the commentaries but about this halacha, but for sure in my situation, I got to wait till Tu Bishmat. And not only that, I can't eat the fruit that grew before Tu Bishmat. I can't even grow, eat the fruit that began to bud before Tu Bishmat. Oh, interesting. Right. I have to wait until after the... So you saved yourself half a year. You saved yourself huh? half. Basically, you saved yourself half a year. Yeah. And I, I also avoided a lot of machloksim and the Roshonim. I, I, I saved myself half a year even more. Um, the, the, uh, so anything that buds after Tubishvat, then the produce will be okay, which is good because the Grumachama tree and the Kumquat tree both bud in the, both start to produce buds and fruit in the summer, which is after Tubishvat. So after Pesach. So I'm great. Mitzvah after Pesach, I'm going to have some delicious Kumquats, which are now on my tree rotting, which is perfectly fine with me because I like to be Makai in the Mitzvah. So that is great. So that is Lenatia. Now, what is Lirakos? Lirakos has to do with Meiser Yerek. One is supposed to give Meiser from uh, vegetables. That, that's only pertinent in the land of Israel. Oral is pertinent in Chutzlar, it's also. So I'll just point out one aloha about Orla. Um, if you go into a store in Eretz Yisrael and you're not sure whether the owner was careful with Orla. You're not allowed to eat the produce because an Orla in Eretz Yisrael is also according to the Torah. And we have a Klal, Suffolk, Diraisa, Lechumra, which means anytime you are not sure about a, uh, a law, which is a Torah based origin, Torah based origin, it is forbidden according to the Torah. Now, in Chutzlar, it's according to most commentaries, Oral is also forbidden according to the Torah. Um, however, there is a halacha Moshe Messinai, a law that was given to Moshe at Sinai that says that in this particular instance, just like the Torah forbade Orla in Chutzlar, the Torah said, Suffolk Orla, something which is not clearly Orla in Chutzlar, is permissible. That's why you let to go into any store and buy any mango, even though we know that today many fruits are able to be produced before the third year, like lemons could be produced before the third year, and apples also can be produced before the third year. So how do we know? Maybe it was, was Orla. The answer is we don't know. And because we don't know, it's okay in Chutzlaritz. Whether it be produced by a Jew or a non-Jew, it's okay. Okay, so that's why you can buy your produce today. Um, and Yerukos, it's the same halacha that we said beforehand, you need to tithe your vegetables. Once you, you only let it tithe the vegetables from the produce that was, that was produced after Rosh Hashanah. You can't tithe, take off 10% from produce that was uh, grown before Rosh Hashanah 
um, to absolve produce that was grown after Rosh Hashanah from the responsibility of tithing. You cannot do that. Okay, it's got to be within the year of Rosh Hashanah to Rosh Hashanah. Now, Be'echel B'Shvat, Rosh Hashanah Le'ilam, this is the Rosh Hashanah of trees, and I'll explain this in a minute, based on what I told you about Orla, Kedivri Be'Shamai, Be'Sil Omrim B'Chami Shalasavot, Tu B'Shvat is Rosh Hashanah Le'ilamas. What does it mean, Tu B'Shvat is Rosh Hashanah Le'ilamas? If you use the leniency that I used in terms of planting, um, and you don't wait an entire year for your Orla, then you are required to wait until Tu in order to eat the produce, which buds after Tu If you planted your produce directly after Rosh Hashanah, and it's going to be a full three years, or even right before Rosh Hashanah is even better, right before Rosh Hashanah, which the, the days before Rosh Hashanah don't count as a year, so you'll have a full three years from Rosh Hashanah to Rosh Hashanah, then you don't have to wait till Tu B'Shvat, according to many opinions. So Tu B'Shvat is a, is a marker in that when, if you didn't wait an entire year for Orla, only part of a year, remember 45 days of a year is considered to be a full year, then after the third year, after the third Rosh Hashanah, then you need to wait up until Tu B'Shvat. Beishamah says Rosh Chodesh B'Shvat. Beishamah says Tu B'Shvat. Until you're able to eat the fruit that has been grown from the bud that began sprouting after Tu B'Shvat. Okay, is that clear? Yes. Okay. So this is pretty cool. There are four Rosh Hashanahs. Now listen to this. Next Mishnah. Be'arba Perakim. And four seasons, ha'olam nidram, the world is judged on four different things. Bepesach, on Pesach, alatfuah, on grain. It means Hashem is going to decide on Pesach, um, uh, give a bracha to grain on Pesach or not. Ba'atzeres, which is Shavuos, alperes ha'ilon, on the fruit of the tree. Okay? And the Gemara brings Pesukim for all of this, okay? Um, the Gemara says the reason why we bring the Shtei HaLechem, the two loaves of bread we offer communally to the Kohen on Shavuos is in order that Hashem should give us a blessing on Peros Elon. Anyway, um, so Rosh Hashanah, Rosh Hashanah, called Bayi Elon, all creatures of the world, Ovrim Lefanov, Kivnei Maron, like Bnei Maron. The, the, um, the, the Gemara explains three opinions as to what Bnei Maron is. Um, I'll just tell you one of them. Bnei Maron is, um, a, a Maron in this instance would be sheep. It's like if you want to tithe your sheep or you want to um, separate them out for any reason, so the owner of the sheep would have a very large pen and then he would lead, he would have a very, he'd have two large pens connected by a walkway, a thin walkway. And only one sheep could pass through the walkway at a time. So he would force the sheep to go from one pen into the second pen through the walkway. And as he did that, he was able to individually 
and he can stop the flow if he wants to, and he can expect every single sheep. So people think like, you know, I'm lost in the crowd. There's so many people that Hashem is, um, is, is, is inspecting Rosh Hashanah. Eh, he's not going to worry about me. Well, no. Hashem takes every human like a sheep and puts them to the walkway and he inspects each one. When it says, it means all people who come into the world does not mean only Jews. Yom Kippur is a day that is designated for the Jewish people, not for non-Jews. But Rosh Hashanah, whether they know it or not, is dedicated for the entire world, not just Jewish people. So that's what it means called Boyolim. Shenemar, as it says, Hayotzer Yachad Libam, Hashem created um, together. The Yotzer is Hashem. Yachad as one. He sees as one, Libam, the arts, meaning Hashem doesn't need to inspect one after the other. In one blink, he sees the whole picture. Hamavim, he understands, El Kol Maaseyim, the depth of all their actions. What does it mean, El Kol Maaseyim? Sometimes a person does something, and we say to ourselves, you know, we're doing this for a mitzvah. Is it really for a mitzvah? Mm-hmm. Not really. Um, it's really for my own benefit. You know, it's like, um, it's like uh, you know, eating on Shabbos, right? So, you know, the, the old the Gemara tells us in Shabbos that if a person, um, the money that a person uses for the honor of Shabbos and Yom Tov and Rosh Chodesh for that matter, will come back to that person. It's not included in the amount of money that has been set aside for an individual on Rosh Hashanah. Nope, not included. Um, so you can ask yourself, one second, I don't seem to be getting any of that money back. Well, the answer is because it's, the Gemara tells us it's Hotzos, Shabbos, and Yom Are you setting aside the money in order to honor the Shabbos? Or is it simply Shabbos a great convenience in order to have a good Kiddush? That's the question. So if you're honoring Shabbos, great. If you're doing it to honor Shabbos, you're also having a great Kiddush, right? Nothing tells you that you're not allowed to enjoy Shabbos. Quite the opposite. You're supposed to enjoy Shabbos meal. So yeah, it's the same enjoyment. It's just a question of perspective. Okay? My wine budget can, seems to continue to just refill every year. So I'm, I'm, I'm in. I'll tell you a great story if you have a minute. It's a good story. <laughs> so, um, one time, as the story goes, the very first Stalin Rebbe, Rabbi Aaron Kaliner, Kaliner Rebbe was a great man. He was the one who, um, besides all his other greatnesses, he happened to have um, composed a very popular niggin called Ka Echsov Noam Shabbos. Have you ever heard it? Ka Echsov Noam Shabbos. Right? You ever heard that? Anyway, um, a very great man. One of the first of the Chazidah Rebbe's. So the Karlina Rebbe, once he had a, a Chassid that wanted to come to speak with him about something. So he invited the Chassid in, and there was a bowl of fruit on the table. So the Chassid sat down, the Rebbe sat down, the Chassid sat down, and the Rebbe uh, offered some fruit to the Chassid. So the Chassid took the fruit, and he made a bracha, and he ate it. And the Rebbe also took a fruit, also made a bracha, and also ate. And, you know, sometimes when you look at a person, you can see what a person is thinking, you know? Is he distracted? Is he thinking about this? 
So the Rebbe looks at the Chassid and he says to him, I know what you're thinking. You're thinking this. Here we are, two human beings. Both of us are sitting at a table. Both of us take a look at delicious fruit. Both of us make a bracha. And both of us eat the fruit and we both enjoy it. What is the difference between me and you? Why am I the Chassid and you're the Rebbe? <laughs> so the Rebbe said to him, and the Chassid, you know, he was embarrassed, but that's exactly the question he was thinking. So the Rebbe said like this, you're right. Both of us sat down, both of us took a fruit, both of us made a bracha, and both of us ate it. But here's the difference. You made a bracha in order to eat the fruit, because you would never eat a fruit without making a bracha. I ate the fruit in order to make the bracha. Got it. That's the difference. Got it. <laughs> Got it. But you see, they both enjoyed the fruit the same. Understood. Right. It's a question of perspective. Okay. Uvechag, which is sukkis, nidon in alamayim. We are judged in terms of water. And that we know very clearly because we have geshem. On Chag, we have geshem. Right? And the season of rain ends Pesach, which is why we have tal on Pesach. A baitner would certainly know about geshem on Chag. Okay? Right. Now, Let's see one more Mishnah. Guys, before we do one more, I, I have to go because I have yeah, I can't do one more either. Emailing me. <laughs> I can't do one more either, not for the same reason. Okay. So Mirza Shem, we will continue right. next week, same time. Same, same time. And I'll try and put uh, the podcast. And I'm 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 seventy thirty. I'm flying to New York for my niece's wedding. I should land already. So I should be in between landing and, and getting ready for the wedding. So I should be able to do it. I may not be able to jump on Zoom, but I'm certainly going to make it. A, a, it's on my schedule. So I'll make, it, I'll, I'll make an attempt to be there. Good. Excellent. All right. All right. We'll see you there. And I wish you a good week. And I'll try and get you the podcast. Thank you, Rabbi Parnas. Philippe. Ciao. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thank you, guys. Oh,